Gorgeous George and Goes, are you ready? Junkie Nation, are you ready? Well, let's get it on. From the fight capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, this is MMA Junkie Radio. We roll it! What's going on, Junkie Nation? Gorgeous George and Goes are back. Sunday night show for your Monday morning delivery. We got uh, some, you know, results to talk about from PFL, week three of the 2023 regular season, and the UFC show in Kansas City. It was a fight night. Uh, of course, news from both events, as well as just the news that popped up since the last time we chatted with you. We're going to reset and be right back to start the show. Goes the PFL's week three was happening, right? This past weekend with lightweights and welterweights. I got to admit, I was expecting more oomph. I didn't get it. And because of that, I'm penalizing PFL. We're going to start with UFC in Kansas City. We'll circle back to PFL and talk about that as well. Uh, Max Holloway put on a vintage performance and he defeated Arnold Allen looked very good in the process looked I you know usually there's a saying levels above that wasn't the case he looked a level above but at the same time it didn't make me uh, feel terrible for Arnold Allen he still has a ceiling to get to and he's younger and Max is just a savage it's just that Max also is in the same position as another savage who's actually becoming an all-time great in Max uh, Volkanov. Sorry, Alex Volkanovsky. So no shame to Max there. No shame to Arnold Allen. But all five rounds were exciting. Even though I felt Max Holloway was either up three-one going into round five, or at worst two-two and probably going to win round five. Arnold Allen came to fight in round five, and because he throws hard, man. You just knew that you had to wait. You had to uh, sit this one out, wait the whole five minutes before you could honestly say, "Okay, Max is getting his hand raised." Just because I could say Ar- Arnold Allen throws really, really hard. These types of fights haven't been working out for MMA and the UFC uh, as of late, right? And the type of fight that I'm talking about is, if you look at the UFC as a business, the way I think they look at it when they have. Uh, these high-ranking fighters as they go, okay, let's put Arnold Allen and Max Holloway together. If Max Holloway loses, we just put Arnold Allen, the younger fighter that we're going to have longer on our roster, over using Max's name. If Max Holloway wins, well, then I guess we kind of show that he's still around and that he's still a tough out, right? But Mm -hmm. I think the perfect scenario would have been Arnold Allen to prove that he's the new lion, right? Kind of what happened with, like, Rob Font and um, Adrian Adrian. Yanez, right? That's that's the same scenario playing out again. Well, you know, Rob Font's kind of had his moment. He's had his run. Let's see if we can't put this new lion over using that guy's name. And it didn't work out. That's kind of been happening 
quite a bit here in the UFC. Uh, some of these these veterans just have more lives. They're 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 tough, and like that, you you have to attribute to this to that division. How crazy is that, right? I mean, Max Holloway looked great, but the only thing that stands in his way is Alexander Volkanovsky. You know, it's it's almost like Batman and the Joker. If, if Batman were gone, the Joker would probably run wild in Gotham City. But mm-hmm. until that happens, he's just checked that bay, and that that's where Max Holloway is. He's kind of in this purgatory right now. He is. You know, I was thinking about this. This is a stretch, I think, but Izzy Adesanya was 0-3 against Alex Fajeda. Well, the first two weren't in the UFC. They weren't even in MMA. They were in kickboxing. But what did Izzy and, and Alex Fajeda do for most of those seven rounds they were together? Pretty much kickbox, but with four-ounce gloves. You know, mm-hmm. and they could throw elbows and you know take each other down if they wanted to which by the way only Izzy wanted to he didn't do it in, in the second fight and um so it's not like Alex was one wanting to do it and Alex won the third one so I know it'd be a stretch but Max possibly could make the argument hey look we just had four fights of these two cats and now the division's fresh again let me get in there. I arguably won fight number two, the, the same way Izzy says he arguably won the fight that went to a decision that he lost in kickboxing. I know it's a stretch, folks. I know, I know. But I'm just saying, we're, there's not much more, more to say. We saw a version of Max go up to lightweight before. It didn't go too well. And to be fair, Yair Rodriguez and Alexander Wolkanovsky are less than two months away. No, less than three months away. From tangling up here in Las Vegas at International Fight Week. And if Yair wins, unless Alex plays the card, hey, I'm an all-time great. You need to run it back, just like you ran back Izzy and Fajeda. Unless he plays that card, Max could be next for Yair. He owns a win over Yair. But I think Alex is safe. I think he's earned enough equity to ask for an immediate rematch and get an immediate rematch, just like Israel Adesanya did. And I'll tell you why. Because A, they fight frequently. B, they both have five title defenses. Um, I'm not saying that's a magic number or anything, but it's certainly more than one. And look at the trouble Leon Edwards is having when Leon Edwards says, I don't want to fight Colby Covington. And they say, well, you're fighting him anyway. You know, So I think the more seniority you go, you get with, the, with your title reign, which pretty much equals title defenses, the more the UFC becomes your partner. Hey, pal, what do you want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Dude, so you said something. By the way, tomorrow will be this Monday is our spinning back click segment, which if you like the show, there's no reason why you shouldn't be tuning into the spinning back click. It's essentially our show on steroids with more opinions. Um, But this is a point that I'm going to make on that show. And you kind of laughed it off a little bit, but I want you to really think this over. Why doesn't Max Holloway just throw in the talent at 145 and move up to 155? He's done it before, but he didn't do it the way, say, a John Jones did it, right? With the intention of, I'm gone and I ain't coming back. If he did that, and I'm not saying take years off, but molded his body to do combat at 155, I don't see why he can't be that successful. You look at a guy like Alexander, Alexander Volkanovsky, a smaller guy. He went up there and gave the champ hell. Hell. And that's a guy that he's fought three times. Okay. And he's given him hell. 
Um, yeah, okay, Poirier, yeah, didn't go his way. But look at the champ. The champ's old. He's taller than the champ. I think he's 5'11". The champ's like 5'10". The reach is just about the same. Um, I don't see why he can't maybe give that a run. Maybe rejuvenate his career, his hunger. Because if you're just sitting around, farting around, I mean, I know the name Korean Zombie went up. George, that doesn't do much for me. And if it doesn't do much for me, I can't see how it could do much for, for Max Holloway. Unless he just wants the cash checks and all right. But if he really wants to challenge himself, I don't see why he can't go up to 155. Well, here's the thing, goes. First of all, we're about to piss off with Neil Dariush. But, um, okay, maybe he just had one fight against another guy who's kind of like him but a little bit bigger, who once was a featherweight, by the way, and Dustin Boyer. Maybe we're being too harsh on him. Because when Izzy went up against Jan Blahovic, he got shut down, and we, we kind of said the same thing. Don't do that again. Don't go up to 205. That's a bigger um, jump, though. It is a bigger jump, yeah. John Jones went up to heavyweight and looked good. Huge jump. But then again, he's arguably the go to the sport. Maybe nothing applies to him. So, look, am I totally against it? No, I guess I suppose I'm not. Um, but it just seems like there's a line there for Makashev. Makashev needs to defend against a proper 155 title contender, like a Darius. Um, if not a Poye who's waiting in the wings, because Darius was booked against Oliveira, and that was going to be the next thing I was going to talk about was Oliveira's hurt, so we need to figure out what we're doing with Dariush. Mm-hmm. Um, either he waits out Oliveira like later in the year, or maybe this organically produced Makashev's next opponent, Dariush, who's a 55er, boom, set, done, let's run it. Abu Dhabi, maybe. Maybe that's a possibility, I don't know. But um, the line I see is Dari. Uh, well, I guess the line I see is Dariush, or the, I was going to say the winner, Dariush and Oliveira, although I'm not sure that needs to happen again. You know, Makashev, Oliveira, but Dariush, is a wild card, Volkanovski, because they just had a great fight, and then Max. Like, I still see Max. I'm not I, saying I'm not saying jump in and, and fight for a title. I'm just saying become a lightweight and work mm. your way. You know, your path is not as long as other guys. You're one of the greatest featherweights of all, of all time. Two, three fights. Maybe you're there. But I think it rejuvenates the kid. Um, you know, he's fought so many guys that have fought. Mm-hmm. In the, did he fight Anthony Pettis? Anthony Pettis has fought at 170 before in his life. You know what I mean? Like, he's fought mm-hmm. guys of that size and been successful. Well, um, maybe, yeah. I guess, first things first, let's see what happens with Volkanovski and um, Yair Rodriguez. Let's let that fight happen first. And then once it does, and I suppose Max can make a decision, maybe he wants to fight another 55-er, one that will kind of guarantee us a nice stand-up fight like Connor or or uh, Dustin or Gagey, you know, those exciting fighters where you can throw these two in a main event somewhere, boom, you have yourselves a fight, um, and it doesn't disrupt the title, the title scheme. You know, we want to see... Um, Makashev against a proper lightweight contender, and we want to see Volkanovski unify against the interim. Um, but look, Max looked good, and I was thinking, how's Max going to look after these last few years of just kind of like being having that huge letdown, you know, these the, uh, of these Volkanovski fights? At least between fights two and three, he got to fight 
Calvin Cater and Yair Rodriguez, both fights of the night, both wins. Um, whereas since Volkanovski, he hadn't fight until Arnold Allen, fought until Arnold Allen, and Arnold Allen was nineteen and one with with a ten and zero record in the UFC. So I was thinking, man, this could be the end for Alex, uh, sorry, Max Holloway, and it wasn't. I need to shut up. Now Arnold Allen did not look overwhelmed or completely. Um, uh, I guess let down the way maybe Cater was, or you know some of the other fights that we've seen between contenders and champs and former champs, where you're just like, whoa, that dude needs a year to recover. Um, he he he, he looks like he's fresh as a daisy and ready to go. And the UFC is nutty in the sense that they do stupid shit. Sometimes they do some of the craziest things that I just love the UFC for that they'll do where they think outside the box and I'm like, yes, we're doing it. And then there's other times where they do, yeah, well, guess what? It turns out this guy can't go, so this is what we're doing. And we're like, oh, man. Um, we, we, we need to let this fight breathe. Congrats to both guys. They put on quite a fight. I was very, very impressed. Um, let's move on to the next story, though, I guess. Just because I touched on it. Oliveira is out of UFC 288. And UFC 288 is not really too top-heavy, all right? We have the title fight between Algerine Sterling and uh, Henry Cejudo, right? They're in New Jersey for that. And the co-main event was going to be um, Charles Oliveira versus... Uh, Vanille Darish, and now that fight's off. So Dana White was asked at the post-site conference in Kansas City about this, and he says that's his first priority to get get on this and fix it, and they're going to work on something. Somebody brought up that Gilbert Burns told him, hey, man, I'm ready to go. Stick me in, coach. I will, I'd love to fight in New Jersey. Dana didn't exactly shoot it down. Now, this is what I was thinking. Leon Edwards did an interview over the weekend with BBC or Sky Sports. Can't remember. Sorry. Maybe even BT shit. Um, one of them. All right. But he said, I ain't doing London. And now we're hearing that because that's not happening, that's going to be a fight night instead of a pay-per-view. Okay. So what he did say was, Edwards, what he did say was, I'll fight in Abu Dhabi. There's a lot of there's a big British prison presence there. Sure, I guess if I had to, it'll be Colby Covington, even though I'm not thrilled about it. But he's not fighting in London in July, and he, and, and he wasn't going to fight Colby Covington if he was fighting in July. Well, that's what he said. So, now that that's happening, he goes, what about Burns versus Colby Covington? As crazy, as crazy as that sounds, if they're committed to Burns versus Covington, sorry, if they're committed to Burns over Bilal Muhammad to face Covington, here's why this might make sense. The winner would be the interim champ, and the interim champ would get favor view points against uh, Leon Edwards. You think they'd interim? They'd do an interim. Well, that's quick. No? Maybe they take the stance of this Leon guy's tough to deal with. He didn't even want a headline. Now we got to switch, switch it to a fight night. You know how Dana is. He always says just stuff to make everyone else look bad but him and the company. So if he says that. So what we're going to do is we're going to run this one, and the winner will get you know knowing full well it's going to cost them more money because it is. The winner gets pay-per-view points, and he'll probably have to pay each, each guy some upfront money for taking this on, what, shit, three weeks' notice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But the the appeal will be when they fight Edwards, they share with the pay-per-view points because we all know that the interim, uh, there is one good thing about it. That is, you bring you get pay-per-view points as well because you're technically a champion. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would happen, but I will tell you this much. I think Leon Edwards completely buried himself with the stance that he's taking, uh, what he did to that card that they obviously wanted to uh, feature him in. Mm-hmm. I think that was career suicide. Like you're wow, on their shit list. Really that, you're you're on their shit list, man. When you don't do what they want, um, and you try and throw elbows like that, Dana White tries to stuff you quickly. And I don't think uh, I, I don't I don't think they're going to be Leon Edwards friendly going forward. Because they went 25 minutes about three weeks ago, and now we're less than three months away. Or about three months away in London, you, you got to let these champs breathe a little bit. Dana often gets asked, what's next for so-and-so? He's like, I don't know. I want him to go spend time with his family, decompress. We'll touch on, we'll figure it out down the road. Look at John Jones. John Jones fought in the earlier show in March. Mm-hmm. Then they were talking about International Fight Week. Now they're saying, yeah, it looks like New York in November. So I don't know. I mean, it was kind of a tight window. They were trying to squeeze Leon Edwards in there, too. It is, but look how much time Leon Edwards has lost over the years, right? Like this is this is where you can make up for some of them fight cards that you missed out on. He says he has. He says he's fought three times in the last. Let me see here. I, I think in the last year. I mean, yeah, before that, you're right. He couldn't even get out of the country, right? Mm-hmm. And now, let's see here. He said something though when he did that interview. I listened to it earlier, and. I, I had to think about it. I was like, did he? Hold on a second. Let me think about this. So Diaz was in 2021. Uh, yeah, I guess it's not that bad. If he were to fight in July, it would have been three in less than a year. If he fights in October, it'll be three in 14 months. That's not a bad pace. Um, the, the Nate Diaz fight was in 2021. For some reason there, I was thinking, could it have been in 2022? But yeah, that was almost two years ago. And then before that, he went, Mm, a year and a half between Rafael dos Anjos and Bilal Muhammad. And remember, that was the finger poke, mm-hmm. which it kind of didn't count, I guess. So it was one whole two years. I don't know, Gus. I, I agree with you. They're not happy, but I wouldn't call it career suicide. I don't know. I just don't see uh, when Dana White's not happy, it's, it's not good for fighters. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Let's get back to the Kansas City card. So let's put a bow on it since we since I took us off the course a little bit. So here are the other winners from the fight night. Gil, oh, Gilbert Barnes. Sorry, I'm on the wrong one. Uh, Jessica, holy fuck. Jessica Andrade, she's on 288. Where the hell's my window? Ah, there it is. Okay. Uh, Edson Barbosa defeated Billy Quarantillo. Vicious knee. Vicious knee just turned off Quarantillo. A little bit of a follow-up. Boom, done. Azamat Mirzakhanov defeated Justin Dustin Jacoby. Excuse me. And I was so bummed out. Goes I bet Jacoby, and I thought of the two, he was fresher, he was connecting, and and all of a sudden he starts to resort to the wrestling and trying to take him down. Yes, when he did get him down one time, it looked like he ground and pounded him pretty good. Homeboy was getting up, but dude on the feet, he was starting to have his way, and I think that was his better path to victory, to finishing the fight because he was down two two rounds to nothing. You want to say anything about Barbosa and? Uh, Merzikanov wins over Quarantillo and Jacoby. Well, Barbosa's another, and and Billy the Squid. That's that's another 
example of what I was talking about earlier, where you have that aging veteran, younger guy. Um, props to Edson, man. I mean, that guy's highlight reel just keeps increasing and increasing. His pinpoint striking is amazing. And Jacoby, yeah, dude. Um, I mean, he his best bet was to disengage and start throwing, you know, yes. and, and he, he just didn't do it. He went for that takedown. Now, I can't recall if the corner was screaming, what are you doing? But they, they should have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They should have been. The same way Holloway got fired up. Sorry. Uh, Arnold Allen got fired up for round five, for crying out loud. Round five, Arnold Allen came out. If you think about it, he got the type of speech. I mean, sorry, he had the type of fire from the speech that Leon Edwards coach gave Leon Edwards before round five of the first, sorry, the second Kamara Usman fight, the first title fight. Remember, he kind of came out, was just going through it, but he didn't come out with, like, you know, fire in his belly. Arnold Allen came out with fire in his belly. Dustin Jacoby a little bit, but just a wrong strategy. I think if he, I think he really had a chance to take him out. Billy Squid just got caught with a knee. I think too much standing. He did try and take it down, take Barbosa down a little bit, but I think he was just overexcited. Too much standing with a guy that still has, even if he's lost, you know, uh, some of his speed and accuracy. This guy's experienced and super fast, so. This is a guy that probably used to go 120 miles an hour while everyone else was going 90 miles an hour. So now that he slowed down, he's still going 100 miles an hour. So he's still faster than most people. And I thought Billy maybe just played his cards wrong there. Uh, Jacoby, same thing. And uh, I was bummed out, you know, especially for Jacoby. I don't know Billy too well. And I guess maybe I was thinking more Barbosa on that one. But anyway, um, the other fights went as follows. The Jan Kutulava back in the wing column defeated Tanner Bosley, who dropped to 205. Pedro Munoz uh, took out Chris Gutierrez. And uh, Chris Gutierrez was coming out the biggest win of his life when he retired Frankie Edgar not too mm-hmm. long ago. And then prior to that, he had like a four fight win streak going or three fight win streak going. Sorry. Shit. He had a seven fight win streak going. So good on him. I mean, well, good on him up until the Munoz fight. And Munoz. Who was clearly better than Gutierrez on the ground, elected to keep it standing, and he pulled it off. So good on Munoz. That goes, just like you were saying, was a perfect example of young guy not getting over on the on the veteran. Yeah, dude, it's been happening. And uh God, Munoz is a nightmare to ever pick his fights, to gamble on his fights. Because he's such a talented kid. You know, he's so talented that he can give you hell, but then sometimes he just brain farts and, and loses the fight but you know a couple win win loss switches here and there and, and you'd have a really really quality fighter rafa garcia defeated clay guida clay guida then fake retired bill algio acted like he was going to retire and then uh had a go at kansas city when he after he defeated tj brown kind of pulled out the little bit of the wwe theatrics brandon roy will start matthias nicolau Zach Cummings and Ed Herman went to war. Both retired for real after the fight. Pretty emotional, actually. Uh, Cummings in his hometown. Herman, just an OG man who's been doing it for so long. Dana White said he gave them both 50000 Jillian Robertson defeated Piera Rodriguez, submitted her. Everybody said, well, was that a full tap? It looked like she had an emotion for a tap. And then the hand was there again. Uh, I can't really... Um, Fault the ref. I, I kind of saw it that way too, but it didn't look good because Piero was like, Piero Rodriguez was like, what are you doing? You know, that whole thing. 
Daniel Zellhuber defeated Lando Renata. Uh, Denise Gomez defeated Runa Brazil. Gaston Bolanos uh, defeated Aaron Phillips in his UFC debut. Longtime Lion Fight Muay Thai practitioner as well as a Bell Tour fighter as well. Uh, Jocelyn Edwards defeated Lucy Putalova. Very controversial. Very, very controversial loss there. A lot of people, including the announcers, were tripping. All right, guys, I threw a lot at you. What did you think of the fake retirement by Clay Guido? Were you as upset as Dana White? No, nah, not at all. Um, I mean, fighters just can't be doing that. That That's uh, that's not right. Um, I don't know how to handle this, though, because it's like he did it, and you know he's not going to do it again, right? So you just kind of scowl and say, ah, you rascal. Don't ever do that again, but... I don't know that it's something where you need to grab someone and have a talking to and don't you ever like, look, man, however important that was to him to do the, the birthday shout outs and all that. Like if you're ever going to allow somebody to, to fuck up or to do, do what they want to do for a particular moment, Clay Guido would probably be on that list of mm-hmm. guys that just, you know, they've poured so much blood, sweat and tears for the organization that if you can't just say, all right, man, you know, whatever you got an extra three minutes off of us um then you got a problem with the way you treat your fighters you know like granted he's never going to do it again and i don't think anybody else would do that uh seeing the reaction dana had but if you're ever gonna just look at someone and go ah right get out of here it'd be him right he walked into the principal's office you you would tell him you know you can't do that dog all right go mm-hmm. out there and just tell the rest of the kids i yelled at you right something like mm-hmm. that yeah i I co-signed 100%. Um, he, he probably shouldn't have done it. They were on Big ESPN, and I guess it's just a tight ship that they run, but it wasn't the most horrific thing I ever saw. I think if Dana would have expressed himself as like, man, I, I'm i not a fan of that. I don't like it. These are some reasons that Clay probably wasn't aware of, but I love Clay. We love Clay. So we're just going to move on. Who's got the next question? You know, whatever. Something like that I think would have – Served its purpose. Um, I think he was just trying to send a message to the rest of the stable. Just stop with that shit. Um, but he did say he wants to wish a happy birthday to... What did he say? I forget what his exact words were. It was a happy birthday to his mom. So it wasn't and just then, some mom skull. He did say something about another kid. And he said the word Nima. No, Nima was it? Kami. I thought he and, said that it was a sick kid or something like that, right? Or I can't remember if it was a sick kid or not. But I know he's a 10-year-old named coming and he also gave props to rafa garcia he said hey i want to trade gloves with this guy he's the man and this and that so it was kind of a nice little put another guy over moment you know it wasn't all bad shout out to mama guida um puts rafa garcia over he praised the other corner his boy Cub swanson because they both used to train at at albuquerque and i think because of that he may have known kami which is cub's best friend and former manager who passed away and i'm wondering if that commie could be that commie's son, and maybe he's just giving him some love. Who knows? Was it the worst thing ever? No, I don't think so. Um, but it, it's done, and, and I guess that's that. Um, yeah. All right. Can, do you mind if I pivot just for one second? Go for it. Just because we're talking about Dana White, and yeah, you know, he kind of had his scowl, and he didn't like it. But I do want to give him props for the way he handled one thing. And it was when he was asked about um, Nate Diaz and uh, Jake Paul. 
I thought he gave the type of answer that uh, we've all been hoping he would do. You know, like for some time where we were like, I wish you would just do this. I think that was the best. Can I read it to you? Or yeah. do, you, do you know what it is? Or I don't know. what I know what it is because I heard the whole thing, but I don't remember it. So go ahead. So he says, we love Nate. I don't I don't know. We'll see because they're asking him who, who he thinks would win and all that. Right. He says, I don't want to shit on other people's fights like Oscar De La Hoya, Oscar De La Weirdo or whatever. But yeah, I don't want to talk about the fight. First of all, neither guy is my guy. There's no need for me to comment on that uh, or whatever. I wish them the best, and I hope they make a gazillion dollars. That's how I wish he would answer a lot of questions that just don't need him to to go berserk on. Right? There's a million things he could say about that fight, but I'm glad he just. If I'm Nate Diaz and I and I used to work for that guy, that would make me want to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, to hear him say something like that. Yeah, it sounded very polished, like what the president of a sports league or an organization should say, or part owner, or whatever the fuck. And um, the only thing I would change is I would even admit to Nate Diaz being my guy, because even though he's not technically, neither guy's under your contract right now, Nate Diaz is his guy. Let's face it. We're all going to be rooting for Nate Diaz. He's team MMA. Sounds like he's going to be welcomed back, so... I'd say Nate Diaz is my guy. I hope he wins, but I hope they both make a gazillion dollars, and that's that. I agree with you, Ghost. Mm-hmm. That was refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Bill Algio kind of had a little bit of a turn heel moment. Uh, yeah, it was all right. You know, he was pissing on the KC crowd. I didn't hate it. Brandon Royal goes, not only does he win, not only does he get a bonus, it looks like he's going to be a backup fighter for Pantoja and – um, Marino, and as we all know, backup fighters tend to have a little clout. Yeah, you'd be a fool if you thought otherwise. Clearly, if you are the backup fighter, you get the next shot. Mm-hmm. Now, that said, D- Davison Figueroa still hasn't dropped. He's taking on Manuel Kopp, so he's staying at flyweight. But I wonder what the winner of Amir Albazi and Kayakar France might think of this because Brandon Roy was a little bit further down and yes Kai Car France lost an interim bout to Brandon Marino recently um you know but he kind of worked his way back up I guess Roy will to be fair does have a win over Kai Car France from a few years ago that might still have some juice to it so maybe that's one guy that at least he doesn't know have to worry about but, I, you know, like I said, I was wondering what the rest of the division kind of thought about that, uh, you know, his little deal there. Yeah, it's interesting, man. It just seems like if you jump on these opportunities, you can get them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that Albazi guy's won like six straight. Uh, mm-hmm. four, in, four in a row since coming over from Bellator, but he's 4-0 in the UFC. He's 16-1, and and if he beats Kai Car France, he can say, well, I just I did what Brandon Royal did, except I've never lost in the UFC. Um, that fight, by the way, is not too far away. It takes place on June 3rd, so maybe that might mess things up. I don't know. But I don't blame Brandon Royal for going for it. He got it. I like Brandon Royal, and his win over Nicola, uh, Matthias Nicolau was huge. So that's three in a row for him since losing two in a row to Marino and Alex Fantosia. Yeah. Um, moving on here, uh, KC card. Let's see, Zach Cummings and Ed Herman, two guys retired. I don't think I remember two guys retiring, the winner and the loser. 
but it was pretty emotional. And Cummings hadn't fought since this problem he had with his spine or something like that. Um, he sneezed and it blew out something to do with his spine, and he True. thought he might never fight again. And he came back 18 months later, and or when was the last time he fought? Somebody said three years ago. I think it was 18 months though. I know exact. Well, maybe not oh, exactly because not my spine. Yeah, years ago. It wasn't my spine, but I have sneezed and injured myself probably about three times, and it's been horrible pains, dude. Didn't Daniel Cormier do that too once? Yeah, they yeah. threw out his back. Yeah, uh, Jillian Robertson dropped to one fifteen, and she won. She's gonna be a problem for some of these gals. At 15, she's held her own as a flyweight in the past, but she's got a really, really nice ground game. So, yeah, and Dana likes her. Dana's a fan. Yeah. Dana says some good things, man. So anytime you're a fighter, the boss likes you, um, and you come to fight. The girl comes to fight. So what can you what can you argue? Correcto mundo. Gaston Bolanos, happy for him. Very much so. You know, uh, I'm curious to see how much how because you know. If you follow him on, on social media, a lot of his videos are striking orientated, and that, that's where he came from, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, but you want to know where his ground game's at, right? Especially at, at this high level. So, you know, we saw him at Bellator, but now he's in the UFC, and it's going to be killer after killer after killer. So to see him kind of get his feet wet and get a good start to the career on this side, good for him, man. Make some money and go out there, and uh, and, and hopefully he's working the mats and all that, working the wrestling Working the jiu-jitsu all that because you need it. There's you just can't get by in the UFC without it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh I'm really happy to see him, you know, in the UFC. And I hope the best for him because he really has some really exciting fights, win or lose. And I think he's a, a good representative <laughs> of Peru. All right. So in this case here, the bonuses went to five fighters. Okay, I'm kind of happy about that because it's more than four. It went to Barbosa, performance of the night, Royal, performance of the night, Robertson, performance of the night, and fight of the night was TJ Brown and Bill Algeo. And then on the way out, he gave Herman and Zach Cummings 50000 each. He said, I'm getting old. Uh, I'm getting soft, everybody. Ha, 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 ha. I gave some money away. Um, this card was not nearly as big as uh, Miami which broke all kinds of records and even is the new sheriff in town, way more than New York. It was just a week ago. Why didn't you give more bonuses there? You gave 50 Gs to Adesanya, 50 to Chris Curtis, 50 to Yanez and Font. Sorry, Chris Curtis and Gaslam for fight of the night. 50 to Font. Um, so you had four total, two performance and the fight of the night. And I'm wondering, why didn't you give one to Joe Piper? He lit up Joe uh, Gerald Mearshart, and why didn't you get one to Kevin Holland? Um, he messed up Ponzinibbio pretty good himself. I mean, those were a couple finishes there. It was a big card with a big gate and a lot of pay-per-views sold. The, consist- the inconsistency just messes me up, but I was really happy to hear about Zach Cummings and Ed Herman. Well, here's the thing about that that fight. Um, how can I put this? If at the end of the fight, they just both walked out and didn't say anything. I don't think they get a bonus. Mm-hmm. I, I think the moment that they both created is what got them that, that bonus from Dana White. I mean, look how many people were talking about it. Agreed. 
I mean, um, if you think about it, Bill Algio had a submission. Um, Denise Gomez had a finish as well. And there was one more, if I'm not mistaken. Ayanka Delalo, he finished Tanner Boser. Pretty nasty. So that that those could have been, you know, 50 Gs going there. Um, but again, they just do it sometimes and they don't do it. It doesn't matter whether it's a fight night, doesn't matter whether it's a small arena or if they break all kinds of records. It's just the inconsistency that I always wonder, like why why that happens. He's a softie, so does someone in the media have to go, hey, Dana, hey, you did it for this event. These guys and gals fought their ass off. Would you consider giving them 50 Gs for this one? And maybe he'll do it because he's a softie. Is it as easy as that? Maybe the media just needs to hustle on behalf of the fighters? I, I don't even care what the answer is. I just want him to answer it. He could very well say, because it's my promotion and I'll do what the fuck I want, I would be okay with that answer. Mm-hmm. But, you, but you just have to give some kind of explanation. Yeah, because the whole mystery thing to it, you know, like, I just don't think it's fair. I think they they all equally train their asses off. They all equally suffer for to make weight for you. And they all equally walk out there with tons of nerves and try and put on the best show possible. And maybe not all 100%, maybe not all 800 or 700 on the roster. But a good 99, 90 to 95%, you know, and that company has fucking money goes. They're worth 13 billion. Manchester United is on the verge of selling for six billion. These guys are worth double that, you know, mm-hmm. and and Manchester pays their athletes really, really well. Um, they have the money to do it, they could do it. And if they're gonna do it for some cards, I'm just wondering, can we find a little consistency? You know how much that would lift? All of the fighters in the promotion knowing that if I get a finish, I go home with 50 Gs. Or oh, yeah. and, and and their love for the promotion would always would obviously not only would the fighters love the UFC more, the the fans and the media, especially the fans, would love the UFC more. You know what I mean? Because fans are paying a lot of money to go to some of these gates. These gates where the records are broken, yeah, a lot of them are attributed to the first couple rows, thousands and thousands of dollars. People that have it, no big deal. Let's do it. Here you go. But there's a lot of people that sit high, man, and it costs them a G to go. You know what I mean? And they're there mm-hmm. to cheer fighters on or whatever. So they 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 like seeing stuff like this, you know. So I I, I just think I hope to see it more often. Yeah, that'd be legit. Mm-hmm. Arnold Allen already made a statement. He just said he wasn't good enough. He needs to be better. Just wasn't good enough. Was his quote? Promises to be back with a positive mi- mindset. And I salute him because, like I said, he could have tanked it in round five, and instead he fucking gave that guy a good scare. He's only 29 years old, and he made everybody happy. Salute to Arnold Allen. He'll be back, and and he's so entertaining and and very dangerous. You know, like very rarely do you see a fight where you see Max Holloway walk away with with bruising on his face, cuts on his face. And um, the way Arnold Allen can throw power shots – off balance from different angles. He's a dude that you can't mess with, man. For sure. Big old left hand that that guy has. Um, And now he knows he can go five hard and not tired because he was not tired towards the end. Um, Mm -hmm. All right, let's close with this. So UFC 288 did lose Vanille Dariush and Charles Oliveira. It's on the poster and everything. It's Saturday, May 6th. They said they're going to work on something. What they can do, I don't know. But if Burns is already saying, I can get down 
and they pay one of the other guys a lot of money, whether it's Covington or Bilal, then don't be surprised if you see a possible interim shot here that kind of slights Edwards a little bit, and it also helps one of the two, whoever winds up being the winner, because they'll get pay-per-view points when they unify with um, Edwards. And that's what I'm personally rooting for. Over at PFL, they had uh, lightweights and welterweights. And what can I tell you, man? I we came close to going, but because of what I'm going through here with the with the with the Bell's palsy, I just had had a follow up with my primary, my new primary. I got a doctor now. Oh, sorry, it's actually a nurse, nurse practitioner. Uh, very knowledgeable lady. Um, I'm not citing her by saying she's not a doctor. She's a nurse practitioner. I didn't know nurse practitioners were filling the roles of primaries, but she seems like she has a good head on their shoulders, and and that's who I'm going with going forward. And so uh, she couldn't emphasize rest rest enough. Don't put yourself in stressful situations. And uh, not that going to fights is like that at all, but I think sometimes just leaving in the house presents a few challenges. So in, in the end, goes and I didn't go. But you know what? I watched the fights from home, and early on, some people were getting smashed. Uh, Umulatok defeated Delano Taylor. Carlos Leal defeated David Sawada. Goldsoft defeated Cesar Fajeda. I mean, guys were getting thumped. Then Clay Collard came in, and him and Yamato Nishikawa, excuse me, let me try it again. Nishikawa had a great fight, really, really good fight. Um, Pollard won uh, unanimous, but I really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed Olivier Aubin Marseille. I think I've become more of a fan once I told him, hey, dude, you made me a lot of money, even though at first I thought you were boring, and he took it like a – no, he didn't take it like a champ. He took it like a challenger because he said, well, I don't like junkie either. But then I think we had a good laugh. Uh, Shane Burgers, Adam – Add them to the list of guys coming over from the UFC, and it doesn't go good in the debut. Nate Nathan Schultz defeated Stevie Ray. Stevie Ray's too too content with lying on his back, in my opinion. Zach Jusola goes from Extreme Couture, gets the win over Brandon Jenkins. God, that would have been fifty thousand if it was over in KC. Bruno Randa defeated Ahmed Amir. Naive Lopez defeated Shane Mitchell. Rashman Field defeated Alex Martinez. Magomed Magomed Karamov defeated Ben Egley. I mean, he thumped them. And Sadabusi got a finish. He defeated Jay Al Salawi. Um, all welterweights, all lightweights. And there was just this run. So the main and the co-main, if you want to choose that way, they kind of delivered. Well, we had this run, dude. What was it here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven decision fights. And then the first three were all finishes. So we just were like, oh, my God. And then Goes and I went last week. And there's a lot of time to fill, man. It, it can drag on. But it was like, okay, so during that stretch, the seven, I think there was only like four fights that were just that slow type of decision. Because mm -hmm. the Jusola fight went to decision. And that yeah, was a that great was fight. fight. That was fight, like fight of the night. True. Um, True. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. I, I get it. Um, and then Shane Burgos, it's like, I sh there's not much you could say because OAM just tends to do that to just about everyone. Uh, hopefully Shane can, can shake that off and, and really get back in the swing because zero points after your first fight, you got to do something. You got to do something in the next fight. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully he's gotten some good advice here about how to handle these situations in the PFL. Yeah. The standings are a little bit whack. There's a couple underdogs that are sitting at the top of most of the divisions. And um, 
this one right here, you know, not too many people were cashing in on points because a lot of people just had the three points, except for the welterweights that won at the end. But um, look, it's a little bit of a different format. Uh, I, I mostly like it, but then sometimes I wish they had that third regular season fight. But then again, that's so hard, man. It's so taxing on these fighters that I'm not sure that that's the best idea out there. But either way, we uh, you never know. You might catch us at another TFL event sometime soon. But those are your results from this past week. And, you know, we got more to discuss, but we're going to do it tomorrow on Spinning Back Click. Noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, you should catch Goes and I, along with our colleagues, discussing all the big stories, letting it breathe, throwing it around the panel, giving our opinions. Uh, and you can participate in the chat room. We usually bring on about four or five comments throughout the hour that we're there, uh, whether it's in the form of a question, you guys just adding something to it, you can participate. And we have five topics along with some additional, we call them additionals, but they're basically additional topics that we kind of do more of a rapid fire. But it's a fun hour. You'll really like it. We need you to subscribe, hit the like buttons, and uh, ding that little bell on there. That way it notifies you when we're live, not just for that, but for other types of content that we put out like when the fights are over and you're sitting around, you know, heating up that pizza, maybe getting ready to watch SNL, and this thing tells you, hey, Dana White's live. You want to catch Dana or maybe the main event winner, they're on. You can pause SNL or whatever and listen to this and then get back to that. But those types of alerts will head your way when when uh, when they're on, and I think you'll really, really dig them. All right, mm -hmm. folks, we'll see you all on the Thursday show. Anything more from you guys? No, no I'm good. Then we'll see you all on the Thursday show and keep it locked on MMA Junkie uh, throughout the week as always for excellent coverage headed your way. The UFC is back at the Apex Center and Bellator has two fight cards next week. So we'll have full coverage of that. And again, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific tomorrow for Spinning Back. It's every, live every Monday. So long, folks. Go out and be a champion. Take care.